We'll be right back to Jesus and Pals after this. Hey, you need to get in shape fast? Wanna look your best? Tired of the other guys getting all the chicks? Are you tired of being a 90 pound weakling? Yeah, I only weigh 90 pounds. Then bulk up quick with weight gain 4,000. Yes. With over 4,000 grams of saturated fat per serving, its patented formula is designed to enter the mouth and go directly to the stomach where it is distributed to the bloodstream. Now available at stores everywhere. Get some today and say it with me. Beefcake. Beefcake. May cause irreversible damage to the kidneys and liver. Kick ass. Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we have ourselves a time. Today we're here to review the second episode of all time of South Park. It is a good one. It is Weight Gain 4000. I am Dando. Beef cake. I am Guy. Beef cake. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice to be here. Very happy to be talking about Weight Gain 4000. Very happy to be talking about South Park, in all honesty. It's, it's, it's a show that um, I haven't watched uh, in a while, let's say. I mean, I watch it when it's on. Yeah, but there are just so many episodes now that I find myself thinking, yeah, I should go back and revisit some of the old ones, or not even some of the old ones, but some like the mid section, yeah, yep. know, like uh, seasons like six through six through twelve, kind of yeah, thing. or you know ten through fifteen, something yeah. along those lines. Uh, but going back to the very beginning and and watching the evolution of it and just digging that whole development of the show as it goes along has just been an absolute treat. Yeah, well, this was the episode that essentially saved South Park. When I say saved, I mean that had this script not been good, they wouldn't have been given the chance to make more episodes because they weren't. Mm. They, they apparently the audience response to the pilot, Cartman gets an anal probe, wasn't that well received. Like, they didn't really, not that I didn't like it. They just thought, eh, I'm not really sold on this. So Comedy Central basically said to him, "Look, this is your last chance. Give us a script that's going to make us renew it, renew you guys, or not renew, but just you know, give you guys a full season contract." Yeah. And they wrote this one whilst they're working on the film Orgasmo, which we'll get to in a few moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Orgasmo. I'm assuming you have seen Orgasmo. I have seen Orgasmo. Okay, well, so we'll discuss <laughs> that in a few moments. But uh, so, yes, yeah, so they went to Comedy Central with this script. Comedy Central liked it, but they said to Comedy Central, if you don't renew us or give us an extension for at least six more episodes, we're not writing another one. Mm-hmm. So they did. <laughs> and thus, South Park was officially born. So, yeah, this episode, for me, it's like I go back and... I completely forgot. I use beefcake in my day-to-day life all the time. I mean, whenever I see a fatty, I, I call literally Holly, my seven-month-old baby. She's a little fatty. I call her beefcake baby, right? She's a little beefcake baby. That's, that's adorable. I, I actually forgot that South Park was the show that gave me the beefcake quote. Was beefcake a thing before this episode? I don't think so. I mean, look, uh, it's a saying, absolutely. But it wasn't like a beefcake. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a commonly used thing, was it? Not in that way. No. I mean, you referred to a hun- <laughs> to a hunky dude as like a slice of beefcake or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think it took on a whole new life and a whole new dimension once uh, once Cartman started sprouting it. <laughs> what's great about it is that it sort of gave people who were overweight a way to sort of pretend they were proud of being fat like beef cake <laughs> <laughs> always better funny to be fat I don't know but just this episode man was so funny what do, what do you think compared to the, the pilot do you prefer this one I think this one was more polished I think this is definitely more polished yeah you can see a great deal of difference between the two episodes I, I like mm. the sort of the manic rough around the energy and edges energy of Carmen Gets yeah. an Anal Probe. I think it's uh, it's got a lot of, um, I don't know, enthusiasm, I guess, or amateuristic energy. 
is the best way for me to put it. Uh, I, I'm sure I could put a, find a better way to put it, but that's the first thing this brings to mind. Enthusiastic amateurs made it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, most of your great artists probably started as enthusiastic amateurs. But you could really see them and feel them kicking up a notch with this episode. Now, whether they felt like they were under pressure, whether they realised... You know, this is we're kind of playing for all the marbles here. I mean, I, I admire the Stones on Parker and Stone saying, "You better like this one, or we're not writing another one." <laughs> <laughs> well, they, had, they they were generating a lot of buzz apparently at the time through the, obviously the spirit of Christmas and things like that. And it was one of those things where I feel like the Suits of Comedy Central would have gone, oh, "We're not completely sold on this show, but we don't want anyone else to get them either." Yeah, so- I think they want. I think they were very wise staying aboard the Parker and Stone train. Mm. Because, as you said, they were doing Orgasmo at this time. Either I'm sorry, did you say they were writing or they were making Orgasmo at this time? Or in oh, sorry, they were making Orgasmo at yeah. the time. But if I said writing, I, that was a mistake. They were, they were filming it. Okay, yeah. but and whether Cannibal the Musical, their other film, had been made at this time. Oh, oh that was yeah, that was like 93, wasn't it? I think so. I think that was their first movie. So these guys have already got a few runs on the board. They're, they're, none of these things are like big hits or anything like that. But you can tell, just from looking at them, yeah, these guys have got something. It, it's it's a very rough diamond. It needs to be polished. Uh, but, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, Parker and Stone's confidence shines through. But also, yeah, you can see, okay, well, we better really sort of knuckle down and, um, and, and kick it up a notch. And they certainly did. I think, look, it's hard for me to say exactly what the differences are between the two episodes. I mean, tonally, they're kind of the same or tonally kind of similar. But this one just does feel like it's got... I don't know, just more under the bonnet. It's got, it's got like a, to use a bad metaphor, it's got a more powerful engine. This one also had more than just the one story going through it. So Cartman Gets an Animal Probe was essentially about them wanting to get Ike back from the aliens. That's and the, good, yeah. the aliens are coming down and getting all the cows. That's the, that's the basic story of that episode. This one here, you had the Garrison Catholic Gifford angle and you had the Cartman angle. It's got an A and a B plot, like a, like a, a traditional TV sitcom. And even like a C plot with the mayor wanting to impress... Everybody That's right, it for yeah. political gain, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit more uh, complex and uh, sophisticated storytelling, which <laughs> it feels funny saying complex and sophisticated about <laughs> a little fat kid dosing up on weight gain protein powder, it getting really swole. It really is, though. It so is. <laughs> what I liked about it was it sort of showcased the Cartman story, how people try and justify their lack of being able to control themselves. So people who just eat and eat and eat and eat, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just bulking up, bro. It's like... Mm. Are you though? Or are you just getting fat? <laughs> are you getting swollen or are you getting swollen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. I also really loved how... So Mr. Garrison played a big role in this one, more so than the first episode. Mm. And Chef did as well. I think Chef played a, a big role in this one. He, he was in the pile a lot. But what is great is that there's no wonder these kids are a lost cause because these two people are the... The ones who sort of are the ones who are guiding these kids through life. You got chefs, the one oh, they go yeah. to for advice, and Garrison's supposed to be the one teaching them. You look at how these two people behave in this episode. It's no wonder <laughs> the kids are fucked up. That's the thing. Garrison's <laughs> the official teacher. Chef is the quote unquote real teacher. Yeah, but neither, yeah. neither of them providing like a positive role model or good educational <laughs> boundaries in that regard. Yeah. But this was a this was a great showcase for Mr. Garrison as a character. I forgot it came so early on. An insight into the mind of how insane he actually is because we see him with the puppet in the first episode and it's like oh yeah, it's a bit weird but the fact that he's actually having conversations with mr puppet it's like okay this guy's legit crazy <laughs> <laughs> and getting that flashback to um 
yeah, his uh, his fine, well, not fine work at the talent, the talent show. Quest. His perfectly yeah. acceptable work at the talent quest, only be upstaged by uh, Kathy, young Kathy Lee Epstein, later to be Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, that would that would light a light a fire under you. I think that would um, certainly <laughs> lay the lay the groundwork for future psychosis. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, Kathy Lee, she was the first celebrity that they parodied and attacked on South Park. This really paved the way for what the show would become because it, the show, a key element of it was how they took the piss out of the celebrities like Paris Hilton and Tom mm. Cruise and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Now, uh, for um, listeners outside the United States, well, for, let's say for Australian listeners, Kathleen Gifford yeah. is kind of like, for Australian listeners, she's kind of like Carrie Ann Kennelly. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Uh, a bit of a showbiz jill of all trades. Kathy, Lee, Kathy Lee's done just about everything. She was an actor. She's a singer. Um, most, mostly known as like a presenter, however. She uh, had a morning TV show, Regis and Kathy Lee, for goodness knows how long. And I think she now has done like the fourth hour of the, t- of the um, Today Show for something like a decade, maybe more. And it's her and uh, another woman. They're basically like sipping on white wine at like 11 in the morning and presenting various stories. So uh, but she's a, a bit of a showbiz survivor. I mean, she has been in the game for goodness knows how long. Now, apparently, uh, Parker and Stone chose her at random. They didn't say, they said, we don't have anything against Kathleen Lee Gifford. We just sort of essentially pulled a name out of a hat. Is the joke here that she doesn't actually really deserve this kind of treatment, which is why it's funny? Because she sort of was she. I don't really know who she is. I know I know of her. I know what her role is in regards to American pop culture. But was she like a Regis? Was she beloved or was she disliked? I think she was annoying to people. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. No, I think she was liked. I think she was sort of respected as someone who's like. Okay. Yeah, there's no getting rid of Kathy Lee. She's been around forever. So, um, and I think, yeah, yeah. and I think she was a name on pretty much everyone's lips, certainly in the states. So she seems they, they actually portray her like a nice person in the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't, um, they don't really sink the boots into her all that much. A little bit because, well, they do a little bit because, you know, they mention how um, <laughs> I think it's the mayor's um, two aides are saying something about oh. Oh, she likes kids, especially when they're working in a sweatshop. And she yeah. was in, involved in some kind of uh, sweatshop oh, okay. scandal because she had a clothing line that was apparently put together ah. in, in a, a sweatshop in Honduras or something along those lines. That'll do it. Apparently, she she you know did a lot of uh, public work to make amends for that once it once it uh, you know sort of came to light. She did, she didn't know it was happening until she got caught. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, the other funny thing is, given this episode's uh, weight gain 4,000 and beefcake, um, Kathy Lee actually did sort of advertise slim fast diet shakes. You know, okay. she, she was the spokeswoman for that back in the day as well. So, um, And while we're talking about um, Kathy Lee, we should mention that uh, she made appearances on um, shows like Seinfeld, which um, a couple of enterprising dudes might be doing a podcast about. You never can tell. Um, she also yeah. appeared on The Simpsons, which, you know. Did she really? Who did she appear as, I, as herself? I or? think she appeared as herself. I'm sorry. I don't have the date down here about that. Must have been a later later episode because I don't remember an earlier season. Yeah, but uh, she also lent her voice to one of your uh, shows of choice, Hey Arnold, I believe she was on at some stage. No shit, yeah. yeah. A lot of people actually voice characters in Hey Arnold. Yeah, and, um, and she also appeared on 30 Rock, which... Okay, that's, yeah, that's what I. Now these are just like four or five shows 
out of a multitude. If you go to a Wikipedia page, you're going to be there for days because you're just scrolling yeah. down show after show after show after show after show. If you know, you talk about going to the opening of an envelope. I think yeah, Kathy Lee goes to the opening of a door. So, and you don't you don't get invited to do all those gigs if you're not good. There is that. Yeah, I mean, and she's still working yeah. today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, props to Kathy Lee. I also loved in this episode. Cartman's lack of giving a shit about what people think about him. <laughs> there's elements of him that are where I'm just like, you're a horrible person, but there's also other elements where I'm like, you're my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> now, but you've got to wonder, Dan, is it self-confidence or is it self-delusion? Yeah, it is delusion. He's, he's pushing the size of a house by the end of it, but he's, you know, still convinced like, got my tank to burn, I'm looking tell you So, <laughs> Dude, not really. You're, you're, you're looking like a, you're looking like the blob. <laughs> you look like that, that. Remember that fat baby? Look like a little sumo wrestler. Remember that big fat baby? <laughs> There's a number of fat babies. Oh, I'm thinking. Are you thinking of the? Um, is it the baby that looks like it's like six years old or something? It's sitting on its like yes. on its dad, and it's like, yep. are you are you a baby? Because you honest to God, look like a child. Yeah, yeah. It's so creepy. <laughs> it's I'm crazy. like, I honestly thought that was a like a um like a hoax. Like they'd shaved like a five-year-old's head or something, <laughs> and uh, and put it in a nappy, uh, just to get you know some social media cloud or something. What was your favourite moments from this episode, Mister Davis? I already alluded to this uh, on the um, on the patrons page on the Four Finger Discount mm, patrons yes. page. I loved Chef's backing band, <laughs> just this trio, <laughs> um, you know, the bass guy really going for it, you know, tapping the legs and. Um, the, this, this this is like their peak. So oh yeah, I don't I don't know if we ever see them again, but oh gosh, I enjoyed seeing them. Just a little cutaways, and I just got a big grin on my face every time they appeared. Uh, and while we're talking about secondary characters or su- supporting characters, look, it's mm. it's in very bad taste, I know. But uh, and I mentioned them earlier, but the mayor's aides, those two guys, and that one guy in particular who's just making these dreadful jokes or, or tracking these dreadful one liners. <laughs> I think the mayor says something about chef like. Oh, that's right. He's a black man, isn't he? As black as the night itself, Mayor. It's like, what? When he said, I was like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible line, but at the same time, it's like, well, I, I get the feeling this guy's a terrible person. So that's one of the rules of, I think it's one that's of the, the rules shit, of comedy. Yeah, yeah you, you've got to create some terrible characters so they can say the terrible things that will. That's, that's like Mo on The Simpsons, yeah. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then at the end, when he says that line about, you know, Kathy Lee liking kids if there's a sweatshop in Oh, ouch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just like he's like he's doing his tight five at the yuck yuck hut, and everyone just oh, thank you. <laughs> Thought that was just marvelous. Oh, Dando, what did you enjoy out of this episode? I obviously like just any reference to beefcake, but I also really like. <laughs> ma'am, I need a fit to ma'am. ma'am. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get at the. Sh- I'm going to shopping tomorrow, dear. Ma'am, this is just Elliot. It's just, it's just, it's just Elliot. And then the best part is when she goes, "Well, I'll just go to the shop then," and just the smile on his face. <laughs> that, like, that is just yeah. so how it is. Yeah, it's just so how it is. <laughs> I also loved the. This had me. I don't know. It's the delivery, obviously, but I literally had to pause because I couldn't breathe for a moment. Garrison looking through the scope. Come on, you little bitch. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. That had me like oh, stitches. Come I'm, on, you little bitch. I'm wondering which voices they enjoyed doing most. I mean, I think... Oh, I think, my God. The way he said that man, fuck was great. I think clearly they enjoyed doing Cartman, but I really think they do enjoy doing Mr. Garrison and Mr. Hat. 
I think they enjoyed doing those voices a whole lot. Oh, I think you should ask Mr. Hat. <laughs> I think you should talk to Mr. Hat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but that whole thing about you, you mentioned how, how you you sort of will just drop beefcake into your everyday sort of um, mm. everyday lingo. I think I do that with. <laughs> just you know, when whenever something's not going, you know, according to plan or according to schedule, yeah, I'll just yeah. sort of mutter that. And it for Oh dear, poor listeners! Poor listeners! You're just going to be getting a whole lot of um, us doing oh, South Park so voices. Fucking great though! Oh, marvelous! It's so great. <laughs> but there's also I really love the line of um. This is so. This is this is the scene I like the most of Cartman just not giving a shit. And it's almost he's just he knows what he says. This makes no sense. He's just saying it to just take the piss and piss off Kyle and Stan. But they go, dude, dolphins are intelligent and friendly. Intelligent, and friendly, and ripe right, babies and mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> he's just being a smarter. Oh, like this kid's amazing. Just yeah, <laughs> just a terrible human being. And of course, those levels of terribleness just escalate, 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 escalate yeah, even yeah. further as the show goes along. Another quote we get from this episode, tree hugging hippie crap. Tree hugging hippie crap. And screw you hippie. I, <laughs> screw you hippie. I remember having a um, a poster of Cartman just says screw you hippie on it. Yeah. <laughs> you reminded me, I'm going to have to take a um, a photograph of this. I've still got it on the wall. But yeah. when, this, uh, when South Park first started, uh, mm. my nephew and unofficial son, Rory, uh, my sister's son, who... Um, he and I have a great deal in common. I don't have any children of my own, but if I did, Rory would be my son. He was very into South Park when it came out, and he was the right age for it because he was like, I think he was still in single digits or maybe just approaching 10 or so. I'm going to have to... Um, no, he'd be around 10 or 11. My apologies, Rory. But he'd, Like a true dad for getting your son's age. I know. I'm a, sh- <laughs> I'm a shocking dad. It's, it's a good thing that I'm not a real dad. He drew this wonderful... A uh, full colour picture of Cartman with Cartman across the top. I've still got it on the wall here. I'm going to take a picture of it and oh, really? put it up on the page. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> it was marvellous. I've still got my uh, my original cast South Park poster, like the full cast from like 1998. So when Ooh. I say full cast, it's the, the original full cast. It's one of my favourite posters ever. I had it at my wall for like a decade when I was when I was younger. Yeah, I've still got it somewhere in the garage. <laughs> I'll have to take a photo of that as well. Yep. So trivia for weight gain 4,000. Hit me, Mr. Davis. What's your first question? What was Wendy's essay about? Uh, well, it was about dolphins, bottlenose dolphins, mm. and how to prevent them from getting caught in nets. I don't know. You're very, very close. The suffering of bottlenose dolphins. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you a point for that. One point. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> wherever I can get it. All right. Well, My first question is, what are the effects of taking weight gain 4,000? <laughs> I think I had this. What are your well. questions? Uh, yeah. Damage to where? Kidneys and liver, I believe. is. Um, yes, irreversible damage to the kidney and liver. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which gun does Jimbo first suggest... Um, Mr. Garrison, by that's, that's my next question. Oh, <laughs> the Stratford twelve millimeter, Stratford Stratford twelve millimeter. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I wrote that question going. Ah, there's no fucking way he would have picked this <laughs> one up. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, I've got one more. I've got one more question left. Then that hasn't been used. It is how much saturated fat is in a serving of weight gain four thousand? Oh god, that's a very good question. That's one that I don't know the answer to. Have a think about it. I, I, I want to say. 4,000 grams? Correct. Hey! <laughs> Over 4,000 grams of saturated fat per serving. Nice work, Brain. <laughs> I have one question left. What is the incorrect name that the mayor gives Eric Cartman 
when he uh, is coming to the stage. Ah, uh, uh, damn it. I should have known that. No, what is it? It is Eric Kaufman. Kaufman, of course. Yeah, because when she said I immediately thought of Andy. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that is trivia for Weight Game 4000. Stick around after this short break. We'll be back with our full in-depth review. Are you tired of listening to people talk about something and would just rather hear two losers talk about nothing? Well, look no further than Talking Seinfeld, our podcast discussing every episode of the number one show of the 90s. Talking Seinfeld is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of Weight Game 4000 was August 20th in 1997. What do you reckon you were doing in 1997, Mr. Davis, besides watching South Park? 1997 was a big year for me, actually. Um, okay. Is that when you got married? No, but I met the woman who became my wife that year. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. I moved to Melbourne for the first time. I'd got my first like full-time nine-to-five job. I'd been working as a freelance journal up until that point, which was not really paying the bills. Uh, so I started um, a nine-to-five job in the city. Met a nice gal. Doing, doing what? Doing what? It's a very, no, I won't say it's a very boring job, but uh, it was in contract publishing, which meant we put out magazines. We wrote, produced, and distributed magazines for various uh, various companies like the ANZ Bank, uh, National Mutual Insurance was one of our clients as well. So we would do these magazines that they would send out to their business clients, and it were, they were basically... Uh, success stories of small businesses that use their their products. Oh, yeah. yeah, you too can be like us. Pretty much, yeah. It's like, hey, this small business uh, used the ANZ, blah blah blah, uh, and and guess what? Now they're not broke, or you know, now he's whatever. Uh, I, just for the younger listeners out there, can you just explain to them what a uh, magazine is? It's like the internet, <laughs> um, but in paper form. <laughs> The internet you carry around. So, yeah, that was 1997 for me. I was um, gainfully employed, uh, romantically uh, involved, uh, living in the big city, and, yeah, little guy was growing up. Living the high life. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, you're a big boy then. (laughs) And watching South Park. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly right. All righty, so the episode was written and directed, obviously, by both Trey and Matt. Kicks off with, I thought the episode started a little bit slow. Compared to, like, mm-hmm. last week started off with a bang, I thought. I mean, you had the, the discussion about, oh, maybe it wasn't really a bang, but I just thought last week's discussion was more funny. Yeah. Uh, this this one here started with the discussion about the rainbows. And I thought, <laughs> eh. What, like, what, what, did, what did Cartman think they meant? That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, what do you think crawls up your leg and bites the inside of your ass? That he could be confused for a, like, as the word rainbow. He's like, oh, rainbow. I was like, are they implying that I should have known what he meant? No, I, I think it's a complete nonsense thing. I think Cartman is thinking of something entirely different that has nothing to do with rainbows, but he sort of wants to cover his butt by saying, oh, you mean rainbows, <laughs> you know. I think they just sort of had this conversation because last week, they, they, I think they want to start each episode, it seems, for the first two anyway, with these kids having a conversation that's using coarse language, a little bit outrageous, mm. just so you go, oh, yeah, that's right, the kids are naughty. You know, it just sort of paves the way for what the show is. I guess the, the basis of the show is a bunch of kids not behaving like kids, although really no. they are behaving like kids, but not how you expect to see kids on television. It, you're, you're not dealing with the Olsen twins here. It's not really... Yeah. What did the Olsen twins say? Was it cool dude or something along those lines? Or you, uh, something like you that. You got yeah. a dude or something along those lines? Yeah, you, yeah, you got it, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's like... No, kids say stuff like, kick ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biff cake. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So Mr. Garrison discusses about how they did the Save Our Fragile Planet essay contest and the winner is going to announce it. Wendy thinks it's her. It turns out to be Cartman. Even he can't believe that he won. And I like that actually throughout the episode, you knew he cheated in some way. Yeah. But he didn't really know how. I thought that the end result was kind of a little bit flat. I am just thought, oh, well, that's the obvious reason. But I, still, I would have thought that Trey and Matt would have thought of something a bit more creative than I that. I don't know. But still, it's fine. I think it's actually pretty funny that uh, uh, Cartman has basically just taken this, uh, an American classic, um, Walden by uh, Henry David Thoreau. I mean, it's a, it's a quite a beloved book in American culture and just scribbled out Thoreau's name and put his own on it. And the adults in South Park are just so dense or, you know, so preoccupied or just apathetic. That's like, yeah, I don't know. This looks like it's got a lot of words in it. Yeah, yeah. Seems intelligent. Okay. Yeah. Carpen, you win. <laughs> <laughs> I've already discussed this story on um, four figure discount, so I won't go into it too much, but I just remember we had a contest, uh, Horror story writing contest, short story mm. contest, like Halloween themed, right? And I'll never forget, I thought my story was fucking great, right? And I, I made it through to the three finalists out of the whole school. So it wasn't just like a year three thing. I was in grade three at the time and this grade six girl won it. And she was my one of my best friend's older sisters. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Kate won it. And then they read out her story or she read out her story at the assembly. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, I got this little Halloween gift pack thing for Christmas the year before, well, for my birthday the year before, and I had a little short story book in there. It was this fucking story, word for word. And I was like, hmm, what do I do here? Do I dob in my best friend's sister so I can claim victory, or do I let it slide? I eventually dobbed her in, (laughs) as you naturally would do. (laughs) Because I wanted that first prize. (laughs) But still, I'll never forget being being sitting there thinking, oh, well, if it was better than my story, it obviously deserved to win. (laughs) And then she started reading it out and going, you little bitch. bitch. (laughs) God, no wonder you're a, no wonder Garrison's your spirit animal. (laughs) Wow, what did you write about, Cartman? Uh, you know, this and that. He doesn't even know what he wrote about. What was your paper about, Wendy? My paper was on the suffering of bottlenose dolphins. Uh, see? You shouldn't have written a paper about dolphins. Dolphins are stupid. Dude, dolphins are like the second smartest animal on the planet. <laughs> ah, right. If they're so damn smart, how come they get caught in those fishing nets all the time? I love the way he antagonizes Wendy and all the other kids. If they're so smart, then why are they always getting caught in those yeah, damn fishing nets? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you know anyone like that when you were growing up? Like some kid who was just oh yes, there was just a kids a, that just a shit stirrer, just to piss people off, just an absolute shit stirrer. Yeah, they wouldn't even do well in school. They weren't there to learn anything. They were just there to try and make sure that you mm. didn't learn either. <laughs> <laughs> This is where Garrison announces that Kathy Lee Gifford will be awarding the prize on national television. And this is intriguing to him, isn't it? It is. And look, it's very much sort of a sign of the times. It's very much a, a pre-internet kind of thing or an early days of internet kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. being on TV was, oh, yeah. was a huge deal before YouTube, before, you know, you know. Even being on the radio was a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Before you could, you know, sort of make your own radio or make your own TV and, you know, you could seize the means of production. But, you know. And you had to watch it then and there because you didn't know whether it was going to be repeated again or not. That's true, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, because a very big deal that uh, that uh, Kathy Lee is coming to town and bring your TV crew with her. Mayor McDaniels is very excited for the opportunity to show what she's done to South Park and how she's turned this little hole around. <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford and South Park. 
Oh my god, this is our chance to make a name for ourselves, to show that we're not just some pissant white bread mountain town. Better yet, it's a chance for you to get some publicity. Yes, if I can show just how much I've turned South Park around, I could become a senator. Maybe even a state senator. Mayor, we should decorate the town square. Then we should have the chef of the school cafeteria sing a song and play up the ethnic diversity of our town. That's right. He's a black guy, isn't he? Black as the night itself, Mayor. Yes, and we can even have the children of South Park put on a little play. Kathy Lee loves children. If they're working in a sweatshop, that is. Oh! <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> Just the hands. Put the hands up like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> uh, we're now in the cafeteria. And Cartman thinks he's going to be famous. Chef's also very excited because he's got a big crush on Kathy Lee, hasn't he? She's a beautiful, <laughs> sultry queen of sexual fantasy. <laughs> you can't say enough about Isaac Hayes. He's better in this episode than the first episode. He's sensational. I think so, yeah. <laughs> beautiful queen of sexual fantasy. Hello there, children. Hey, hey Chef. How are my little crackers today? Good. Did y'all hear about the news? Kathleen Gifford is coming to South Park. Yeah, because Cartman cheated and won the environmental essay contest. Aye. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. But the mayor just called and asked me to sing at the ceremony. Wow, are you going to do it? Of course. Kathleen is a beautiful, sultry queen of sexual fantasy. And if I sing to her, maybe I can lure her into a night of exotic delectation. I love here also when Kenny says something. You know what he says. Oh, mine's three times bigger than Frank Giffords anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How is Kenny so much more sort of advanced? What do you think he's being exposed to? I think I th- oh, I'm guessing that he's, he's got a pretty he's got a pretty rough life at home, hasn't I'm, he? I'm guessing his dad is probably not even hiding his porno mags. That's that's what I was gonna say. He's one of those kids who the dad doesn't give a shit. Dad's just watching porn. He's like, son, do you want to come watch? You know, yeah. Just, <laughs> don't waste money on your own porno. Just borrow some of mine. Well, it's funny because I used to have one of my best mates, still one of my best mates, I haven't seen him for a while, but Daniel was his name, I won't say his last name, but no, he was like, he always, he was like the Kenny of our group, <laughs> but it's literally, he was also the kid that when we go to his house, his dad, Rod, God bless him, we love Rod, he's wardrobe, right? Yeah. <laughs> from the from the floor, as always. You, Do we want to say this? We, we might get Rod on a list here. We might get- <laughs> <laughs> We used to walk into the bedroom, in his mum and dad's bedroom. That the, the wardrobe, the four doors or two doors that slide, the left side you slide it open, and I no, kid you not, no shit from floor to about three quarters up was just all paper magazines or picture <laughs> magazines. <laughs> That's just oh uh, picture. We'd, we'd, we'd have them out sprawled across the bed, looking at them, and we'd always try to make sure we put them back in the same order that we found them. Yeah, <laughs> but Rod knew. <laughs> picture and people. Oh goodness me. <laughs> yeah. It was just, yeah, it's just funny. Daniel Jones was the Kenny of our group, and he also was the guy who had access to his dad's porno magazines. So you're pretty much right on the money then. Here we go. (laughs) It wasn't fair. She had choreography. How could we compete with that? But now she's coming to South Park, and I know a way to make it all better. How? (gasps) No, Mr. Hat. I couldn't kill Kathy Lee Gifford. 
And this is where we get a real insight into the the loony side of Mr. Garrison, the, isn't it? The twisted dynamic between Mr. Garrison and Mr. Hat. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. officially a puppet speaking to him. He's crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I just love the flashback to you know, Mr. Garrison as a little boy, and he's bald. Yeah, it's just it's just a miniature. Apparently, there's a, a continuity issue because in Cartman's Mom's a Dirty Slut, there's a flashback to Garrison, and he's not like this. Oh, okay. But I don't. Give okay, a fuck. I think this is <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, I think this is Mr. Garrison. You know, just getting in touch with his inner child, so to speak. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah. We'll let it slide this time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And what's good is that he says the joke that is always like the first joke that every kid learns. Mm. Besides, why the chicken crossed the road? It's aren't you glad I didn't say banana? banana. Like that's <laughs> literally the first not not joke that where you you learn it, you understand it, and go, holy fuck. I'm going to blow someone's mind with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and you, you go and tell you, some adult and they, they be, pretend like they've never heard it before. Oh, jeez, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at which point you go, <laughs> thanks, ouch, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but she um she wins, Kathleen Gifford wins with choreography and everything. I mean, her, let's be serious, her performance was pretty sensational. It's pretty wild. I mean, she she assembled a, a, a very, uh, she put together an incredible show and, but, yeah, shows a fair degree of talent herself doing, um, I've forgotten what that number's from. It might be from the show Sweet Charity, I think, if they could, okay. see, if they could see me now. But uh, mm-hmm. look, I think she earned it, in all honesty. I mean, look, oh, definitely, a, yeah. a for effort for Mr. Garrison and his ventriloquist act, but uh, no, Kathy Lee, absolutely the winner. So this is where Mr. Hat whispers something in his ear, just Garrison whispering to himself, mm-hmm. I couldn't kill Kathy Lee Giffen. <laughs> Good cut to commercial there, really. I mean, just it's oh, yeah. a lot happened. I said it started a bit slow, but storyline wise, a lot happened in the first in the first act. It picks yeah, up it the pace. Up everything it needed yeah. to. Yeah, it definitely picks up the pace very uh, very quickly. So the mayor is now at the school in class, saying that she wants him to do a play about the history of South Park. <laughs> this doesn't go well either, does it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get Mister Hat saying you need to kill her. You need to kill her. Just yeah, just insane. Then. Um, Wendy goes to dob him in, just uh, to to the mayor. Who cares? Kathleen <laughs> <laughs> Gifford's coming to Southland. That's all that matters. Um, she tells. I can understand why she said this, but still, it's kind of cruel. She wants Cartman to get into shape because he's going to be on television. <laughs> he's a child. <laughs> I yeah, I know, but she, I imagine she thinks she's doing it for the kid's own good. It's like you want to look good on TV, don't you? You know, I mean, uh, that's not for his own good at all. She just wants. To, she doesn't want that to represent the town that she's. Creative. Okay, I was trying to be a glass half full but, uh, kind of guy here, Dan. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 yeah, it's very there's selfish. No, there's no glass half full of Mary McDaniel's. <laughs> we don't believe for a minute that you won that contest fairly, fat boy. Uh, stop defending your little girlfriend for writing about some stupid fish, dude. Dolphins are intelligent and friendly. Intelligent and friendly on rye bread with some mayonnaise. Dolphins are way smarter than you. If they're so smart. Why do they live in igloos? Dolphins don't live in igloos. That's Eskimos. Dolphins, Eskimos, who cares? It's all a bunch of tree-hugging hippie crap. Tell me what you wrote about. I can't. I have to go home and get in shape. Yeah, right. You'll go and sit in front of the TV and eat cheesy poofs, ass master. Screw you, hippie. Cartman, he's just hes just incredible. I just love he's just the way he attacks her all the time. He just... Pulls no punches. He just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Does he do his television song here as well? I'm going to be on television. I'm going to be on How te- iconic is that? Yeah. And that, that's so seven or eight years old as well. Just, you know, sing, singing a nagging little song like that and thinking, you're, you know, just the height of comedy. 
or the most sophisticated kid on the block. I'm going to be on television. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was a, that was a bit sort of Eddie Murphy and delirious. <laughs> I want some ice cream. <laughs> oh, it's the. I've got McDonald's hamburgers. <laughs> See, that's... McDonald's. I'm sorry. McDonald's. That's the line I use all the time as well whenever I'm sort of cooking. Myself. I'm going to make you a burger that's better than McDonald's. Better than McDonald's? Better than McDonald's? <laughs> that is one of my favourite... Anyway, that's like one of mine and Nicola's little things. Every time she says, can you pass me the eggs? What you need the eggs for? <laughs> <laughs> I want hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so so good. If, if you have not, by the way, checked out Eddie Murphy's Raw segment on his mama making him some homemade burgers better than McDonald's, it is so amazing. Like I literally every time I watch it, I'm just in tears of laughter. Yeah, it's so so great. By all means, check out Eddie Murphy's uh, yeah live stand up specials, Delirious and Raw. Although, be warned, they go with an open, very open mind. They are very much of their time, and um, yes. the mid '80s. And Eddie Murphy is a much younger man; uh, hasn't been around the block all that much. So, some of his attitudes may be may strike you as a little unenlightened. But having said that, holy shit, one of the most dynamic, charismatic performers on the planet. You know, when Eddie's cooking, there is just no one like him. <laughs> I'll take half his shit. <laughs> Half! <laughs> Half! Eddie, what have you done for me lately, Eddie? But, let, let, let's stop quoting it. <laughs> let's, let's not. We'll be here all night talking about Eddie Murphy. Rather than talking about South Park, let's talk about South Park. Um, so he's going home to get into shape and you get the screw your hippie and everything. Just, yes. Yeah, it's, it's just this whole discussion. We get like, I'm going to be on television, tree hugging hippie crap, screw your hippie. Just so many one liners that would become a state. Well, I don't know if they've even used all that often in the series after that. I can't remember in the early episodes, but. They were just used in day-to-day life. You'd never hear beefcake again, I don't think, do you? Probably. Like There, m- there might be one or two callbacks. But-, but it was just all it needed was to be said in one episode, yeah. and it was just instilled forever yeah. in pop culture. It's not a catchphrase or anything like that. No, it's not like a who killed, you killed Kenny, you bastard kind of no, thing. No, no. Just- beefcake is just this episode, really. But, you know, it's, it's, it's in there. It's in the collective consciousness. It's also up there, maybe if not quite up there, with... You will respect my authority. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to that episode. Oh, so, yeah. so great. He sees the commercial here for Weight Gain 4,000. All these going home to get into shape. He's sitting on the couch eating cheesy books. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but just the, the Weight Gain 4,000 spokes dude. Oh, just, amazing. Just yelling at you. It's just literally 1997 infomercial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's funny. I, you think about the early 90s. And for someone who was around, I mean, it was it was the social mood of the time was a bit like it is now. It was it was kind of a pre woke woke era? Okay, you know, so I don't remember really anything about the early nineties. I was too young. Grunge, riot girls. It was a very sort of socially conscious time. But sometime in the late nineties, there was a bit of a swing back to dude bros and hot chicks <laughs> and extreme. I'm pretty, yeah, and everything got extreme. I'm pretty sure it was around 96 or 97 that it really started to turn. And this guy, the weight gain 4,000 guy, is just an exemplar of that. You're like, hey, you, you want to stop being a wimp? Get shape! <laughs> that, that's, that's what 50% of television was like. It reminds me kind of like Terry Crews. He's very just like, yeah! <laughs> but Terry Crews is kind of a sweetheart as well. Oh, he's 100% a sweetheart. He doesn't, yeah. yeah, he doesn't strike you as someone who's like, hey, wimp, get in shape! 
<laughs> Whereas, yeah, yeah. He, he says it in an ironic way. He, yes. yeah, this guy in the in the weight game four thousand, a dude that will walk up to you in the gym, making fun of how the way you're lifting the the, the barbells. It's yeah. like, fuck off, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be a wimp. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not on the juice, bro. So you know, I mean, I'm not going to look like you because I'm not, you know, putting horse steroids into my nuts or something. Man, can you get me some weight gain 4,000? Okay, Eric. I'll get you some at the store tomorrow. But, ma'am, I need it for tomorrow. But tomorrow is grocery day, Eric. Ma'am, yeah, yeah, Okay, okay. Well, I guess I'll be going to the store now, then. Literally, what happens to Elliot? You can see when he's about to do it, because he's just like, I was like, going to, go to bed. Not yet. And I'm like, no, we're going to bed now. The bottom lip starts going. I'm like, oh god, here we fucking go. <laughs> Nicola is not a huge fan of South Park, but I showed her this moment and she loved it. She thought it was just so bang on. Then we get Mr. Garrison having some nightmares about Kathy Lee. He's it's, she's really hit him hard, hasn't she? Oh yeah, she's got in there. She's yeah, yeah. got under his skin. Yeah, yeah. She's um she's in his head for sure. We get the uh, Mr. Hat telling him to go kill her, so he chucks him in the drawer. Because what I liked about it here was Mr. Garrison's crazy, and Mr. Hat is speaking to him. So it's Mr. Garrison essentially speaking to himself, but he's still trying to push that aside. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. He doesn't kind just of go thing, yeah. immediately to kill. He's like, I know that's wrong. I'm trying to get rid of it. It's almost, it's actually kind of sad in a way. Like he needs help, but he's not getting it. He does near the end, however, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But you're right. I mean, yeah, Mr. Hat seems to be like the. Uh, the more dominant part of this uh, of this dynamic, but no, I think it's a pretty much a fair fight. Mister Garrison is kind of like, no, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fair fight for the most part, although or maybe not a fair fight. But Mister Garrison is at least putting up a fight. It's it's a bit sort of it's a bit it's a bit Smeagol and Gollum, is what it is. Yeah, 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 definitely. Would you say Garrison has Flanders tendencies, but just if you eliminate the religious side of things? Where he a little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not um, suppressed. Yeah, a bit sort of, I want to say, sort of Dudley Do Right kind of, you know, that kind of voice. <laughs> mm. and, um, Dudley Do Right's probably not the right term for it, but yeah, def- I think there's some s- surface similarities at least. Yeah, yeah, They're just in the way they present themselves. You stay in the draw, you negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Cartman arrives at the bus stop and this is where we get the first glimpse at the beefcake tank top. Man, I would wear this. <laughs> it's just so great. Hey, dudes. What the hell is wrong with you, Cartman? Haven't you noticed the three feet of snow on the ground? I have a nice body and I want to show it off. You got that? What? You've got to weigh 90 pounds. I'm up to 94. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're almost as big as his mom's. <laughs> That's all you want. I'm the one who's going to be on TV looking all buff. What's that stuff? Weight gain 4,000. It's helping me bulk up. Bulk up to what? Fat ass? Super fat ass? Hey, I don't have to take that kind of crap from you scrawny weakling. <laughs> Sweet. Check me out. Such a beefcake, I can't even get through the door. I'm such a, such a beefcake can't get through the door. <laughs> <laughs> one one little bit that I loved, one little visual gag is that yeah, you've yeah. got you've got a little bit of Cartman. The teacher? No, no, the Cartman butt crack as he's trying to get up the stairs. Oh yes. <laughs> Just a tiny little bit. But um, yeah, that's uh something you would see in our heavier set pals. 
the mayor is getting all the town ready. They're going to castrate the cows. Poor cows just don't get treated well in this in South Park no, at all. No, turned inside out, castrated. <laughs> Terrible. It's where they do the run through of the play, the story of South Park. So <laughs> when I first saw this, I was like, "Are they actually beating each other up?" No, yep, they were. <laughs> They'll yeah. beat the shit out of each other. That's, that's, that's well, yeah, then you see that kid bleeding out after he cops a rifle butt to the head. I'm, I must admit, I did laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. And just <laughs> when she says to Mr. Garrison, you can't do this. Well, this is how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the thing, that's the thing about Parker and Stone. They're just, I won't say addicted to telling the truth, but uh, I think they realise that, no, if you show the sort of unvarnished, ugly truth, it's it's funny, but you you your laugh has kind of got a bit of a, oh, oh no, kind of thing to it. <laughs> this is where Mr. Garrison gets in big trouble because she says, do you think Kathy Lee would like this? Like, to hell with Kathy Lee. <gasps> That's it. He is, um, he is fired. Oh, he is dismissed from his role and he is not happy about it at all. He takes Mr. Hat out of the drawer. That's when you know shit's about to go down. Mm. He says, we're going to have to do it. Well, no, he says, I can't do it. Mr. Hat will have to do it. <laughs> like I said, Smeagol and, Smeagol and Gollum. Gollum comes out to do the dirty work. I love that. Cartman's now fatter than ever. They're going to say, God damn, that's a big fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't. And then, God damn, it's a big fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that character? Is that just like a, just a, any... Just a, I think that's just your, your stereo... That's your wise guy. It's your wise guy, yeah. basically. Random passable. God damn, that's a big fat ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> load yeah i'm really starting to fill out nicely you're not filling out nicely you're fatter than ever i'm not fat i'm getting in shape carbon you're such a fat ass that when you walk down the street people go god damn it that's a big fat ass no they don't you jealous wiggling god damn that's a big fat ass hey <laughs> but just how enthusiastic they are about it as well. <laughs> like it's like they've seen like a UFO or you know a really great billboard on on the first of the month. God damn, that's a big fat ass. <laughs> you didn't have to say anything, sir. <laughs> Wendy arrives. Cartman here. Oh look, it's another hippie. Peace, Wendy. <laughs> he's just a little shithead. Oh, it's just so great. He's so cruel. She says she's going to find Cartman's paper and prove that he lied. Garrison then goes to Jimbo's story. He's been all a bit of a recluse. He's trying not to be seen by anyone out there. And this is, this is actually our first introduction to Jimbo. It is. Who has a more prominent role in the next episode, Volcano. But um, this is here. So we, he's, intru- I don't, he's Well, obviously, he's not introduced as the uncle here yet. He's just the the hermit, I guess you could say, of South Park. Yeah, the, and also this the... Resident gun salesman. I did like the way Garrison was like trying to justify which gun that he wanted. Like, mm. You talking to me? You talking to me? <laughs> That's just like the quote when people are trying to act tough, looking in the mirror. Oh yeah, talking to me. <laughs> Everyone's got to do the taxi driver Travis Bickle thing when they when they've got a good gun in their hands. Like, you talking to me? You, you must be talking so you get, to me. It's a buying the same gun but with a wood finish. Then Wendy sneaks into the school after hours to try and find the paper. She finds it. But before we can see what it is, she overhears Mr. Garrison coming in and he rides with a gun and she knows, oh shit, I'm going to have to do something about this. So we now come back from commercial and Officer Barbrady is just a dickhead, isn't he? I mean, he <laughs> means well, but he's just a hes a really inept police officer. He's a doofus. I think that's the best way to yes. describe him. He's a doofus. He's Chief Wiggum just amped up to a million. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy, Mr. Garrison. Nice gun. Thank you. Nice gun, Mr. Garrison. Thanks. 
Hello, Officer Bar Brady. Nice gun. Thanks. Is there somewhere in town where I can get a good, clear shot or view of Kathy Lee? Hmm. You know, I think the book depository would be a good bet. Yes, that might do quite nicely. Thank you, Officer Bar Brady. No problem. Ha! Caught you red-handed! No pictures of Kathy Lee! Cartman is now absolutely enormous. It's great how every time you see him, he's just getting fatter and fatter to the point where it's just unrealistic. Mm. But it's South Park, so who gives a shit? True, true. And I think this is the first occasion... Well, I mean, he said beefcake before then because he's sort of echoing the ad, but now he's really into yeah. it. He really means it. And this is... Yeah. When people say beefcake, I think this is what they're echoing. It's like, yeah, I'm looking totally ripped. Beefcake. Beefcake! <laughs> beefcake. Yeah, that's the second. Beefcake! <laughs> just, but I think my favourite delivery of the word beefcake was when he was watching the infomercial and he just starts screaming it with the guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's just giving it everything. Oh, yeah, just really straight. <laughs> beefcake! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, listeners, listeners at home, I hope you're not taking a drink every time we say beefcake because you're just in so much. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But it's just, I think if you're listening to an episode review of this one, of this episode, then you're going to have to expect to hear beefcake at least a thousand times. Absolutely. Wendy explains Garrison's plans and they're going to have to do something about it. Cartman thinks that she's just trying to ruin the plan. He doesn't, like you said, he is delusional because it was the first episode where, you know, an anal probe literally exited his anus and he still didn't believe that he'd been probed. <laughs> Here, he thinks that it's all just a cover up. It's all, sorry, it's all just a, um, a plot to try and prove him wrong. Mm. Wendy, he thinks Wendy's just lying about Garrison wanting to kill Kathy Lee, but she's not. She knows why he cheated and how, but there's no time to explain it right here. It's a good little tease that they've got going throughout the episode. It's not... Yeah. It's not at the forefront, but now and then she pops up, and it's like, as a viewer, what did he do? Because you yeah. know that he didn't write a good paper. Do, do you think a good ending would have been the fact that he actually did write a good paper? It's a possible ending. I, 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 I like the way it wrapped up. I like the way it resolved. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't buy it, because Cartman wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. No. It does fit the Cartman character the way it did end. So, Kathy Lee now arrives in a cell, and we get the, come on, you little, little bitch. bitch. <laughs> Come on, you little bitch. I thought the animation of him looking through the scope looked great. It did too. Really I, well done. I like that she was in the little uh, the plastic sort of Pope cover or yeah. whatever you call it with God yeah. bless on it. <laughs> the way they had her voice muffled and everything. Yeah, yeah I just thought yeah. it was just really well done. And everyone's just so in awe of it. I mean, it's one thing that I like about Parker and Stone is that these are guys who were outsiders making their way in Hollywood. At the start of their career, they didn't really have too many qualms about, no, we're not sucking up to anyone. <laughs> they, they don't really seem to have a lot of respect for the whole celebrity industry or complex or anything like that. That's, That's like- true. Yeah, but it's like you said earlier. It's not that they have anything against a particular celebrity. It's just like, it's just meant to be a joke. Yeah. You know? And obviously, celebrities, they have every right to be offended. Of course, yeah. Be offended by it. That's fine. But don't think that Trey and Matt have anything against you personally. Yeah. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, certainly. But I don't think they're playing the man whenever they... That's a sort of a sporting term, folks. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they're not playing the man. They're not sort of... Uh, they're not having a go at an individual target saying, oh, you suck. They're more playing the ball, which is like, why is everyone worshipping these people? You know, they're just like us, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, sure, they're on TV or yeah, they're a movie star or whatever, but you know, they're really just a human being. So I think they're more taking the piss out of out of that than anything else. They're just like you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Except better. <laughs> In many, many ways, of course. <laughs> this is when the mayor introduces Chef to sing his song. 
I'll let you take this away, Mr. Davis, because I know how much you love Isaac. <laughs> oh, look, there's not much to say other than it's just a, it's it's a very smooth, sultry sex jam, essentially. <laughs> uh, mm. Isaac Hayes is really, really just making a meal of it as he is wont to do, and it's interspersed with cuts of this this trio backing him up. You know. The- Having a great time as well. Having a great time. Like I said, that bass player was just really tapping his foot and uh, that uh, white Afro guy on keys has <laughs> got a huge grin on his face and, oh, Kathy Lee, you're my sexual <laughs> fantasy. Oh, I would implore any listener of this podcast to get on YouTube or Spotify or whatever and just listen to some classic Isaac Hayes. The man, uh, I think he named one of his albums, one of his best-selling albums called Hot Buttered Soul. And honestly, oh that's what it sounds like. It just sounds, ooh, yeah. Whilst you're there, check out the band Heatwave as well. <laughs> Absolutely you should, yes. Uh, that got the Dando and I through many an afternoon of pop culture. <laughs> honestly, we found this uh, We found this album by a band called Heatwave, like pure 70s. Are they white dudes? I think they, or is it like a bit of a multicultural, as, as, as a, as a multiracial yeah. coalition? We thought, oh, look at these naff wankers, you know, in their, in their flares and, you know, big lapels no we put amazing. we put it on taking the piss everyone sort of looked at each other and went this is a jam is a- <laughs> <laughs> I, like, i'm really enjoying this but no one else has said they're enjoying it yet, so i don't know whether i can, can say it i don't know <laughs> i don't know who piped up it might have been crute crute might have said this is good <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to tell you what album it was so it was central heating mm. from 1978 that's the that's the record we listened to absolutely but uh, but also listen to some uh, isaac hayes look the, yes. the man created the theme from shaft he's a complicated man <laughs> no one understands him but his woman john shaft thank you mr mayor you know kathleen you are a very special woman I don't mean special in a Mary Tyler Moore way or, or special in an extra value meal at Happy Burger way. No, 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 no. I mean special, like the song of a, the hummingbird as it gets ready to find that female hummingbird and make sweet love to it all night long. Just two hummingbirds moaning and, and groaning and letting their bodies caress and touch each other in ecstasy. Oh, Kathy Lee. How I'd love to lay you down And lick every inch of your body with my tongue What? Kathy Lee, you're my sexual fantasy What? How about you and me? Uh, uh, thank you, Get Chef, for that heartwarming song love Thank you, Chef Oh, oh God bless you, Kathy Lee you got to give it to Chef. He had his one chance. He was going to take it, wasn't he? And here's the thing. He he doesn't think he's offended anyone at all. I love you, Kathy. No. You know, it's just, yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I'm glad I was up here to entertain you. You know, he, he, thought, he, did a, he thought he did a great job. And in my mind, he did. He uh, 100% did. The kids then go to Officer Bar Brady saying, you know, we need to find Mr. Garrison. Officer Bar Brady, Mr. Garrison is about to kill Kathy Lee. We have to find him. What? You mean the teacher? Wait a minute. Is there somewhere in town where I can get a good, clear shot or view of Kathy Lee? Hmm. You know, I think the book depository would be a good bet. I think the book depository would be a good bet. Book depository. 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 Damn, he could be anywhere. I'll send out an APB. Stan then sees him in the window. Kathy Lee is now on stage, but Stan and Wendy race up to Mr. Garrison to try and talk him out of shooting her. And in 
doing so, they lead him to want to shoot her, but he ends up shooting Kenny instead. <laughs> I love Wendy saying, she's hurt a lot of people. It's like, she hasn't really. Well, maybe she has. No. Those poor kids in Honduras in the sweatshop, maybe. But <laughs> but Kenny was on stage. Why was Kenny on stage? What, he just, what had he just been doing? That's a very good question. I hope you'll answer it for they, me. Dr- Dra- dragging the beefcake up on stage. Oh. <laughs> even Kyle. He's too fat to even walk now. He gets dragged up on stage. Oh, but before um, Mr. Garrison shoots, you got Wendy. So Wendy actually has the Kyle role in this episode. You know what? I've learned something today. Mm. <laughs> the bitch must die. <laughs> <laughs> so the TV stations uh, then leave because, you know, why would they want to be there when Kathy Lee's no longer there? Yep. But Cartman's just, he still wants to be on TV. He's like, you know, he's beefed up for TV. He's a beefcake now. Ain't going to happen. Wendy explains what happened. So she explains the whole Walden thing. So do you want to tell our listeners at home in, you know, 30 words or less, Walden, what is it about? Uh, oh, God, that's a very good question because I do have a copy of it here. Never read it. Well, that, um, well that's 19 words. Yeah, you yeah. got 11 left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the poet and writer Henry David Thoreau went to the woods to live deliberately, as he said, and sort of wrote about solitude and getting in touch with nature and getting in touch with yourself as a result. And that's what uh, that's what Walden is about, apparently. Wendy's, you know, Wendy's still annoyed by this, but they try to explain to her, no one fucking cares anymore. It doesn't matter. Let's just go to Kyle's. His mom's going to make us some tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor complains into the microphone. She doesn't realise the microphone's turned on. Mr. Barbary tries to arrest Mr. Hat. It's, we get, I love the Scooby-Doo reference here. I mean, it gets used time and time again in various different shows, but it never gets old. I would have gotten away with it with those meddling kids. kids. would have gotten away with it with those meddling kids. Yes. I think it's a nice tip of the hat by, uh, by Matt and Trey, you know, to animated uh, comedies of the past or things like that. Maybe, maybe showing that they're part of a continuum, part of a through line that, uh, yeah. or part of a long tradition. Or, you know, maybe it's just, it may be just a fun line to say. I don't know. <laughs> Elliot's new thing is Scooby-Doo. Fucking everything Scooby Doo, absolutely love it. <laughs> I have to sing the Scooby Doo. I have to sing the Scooby Doo song before bed every night now. Oh, <laughs> do you want to do it now for us, just quickly? Scooby Dooby Doo. That's it. That's all I'm singing. <laughs> Always leave them hanging. Leave them wanting more. It's <laughs> Scooby Doo transitions into Shrek karaoke <laughs> <laughs> every night. That's the bedtime song every night. That's where we're at at the moment. <laughs> we're now at the mental home. Mister Hat needs more therapy. Cartman is now on Geraldo. Now, was this an actual show? This is Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo. That's why, that's, he's the guy that did the, the vault, wasn't he? The Al Capone vault that turned out to have nothing yes. in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was recently watching this uh, documentary on Netflix called The Sons of Sam. Uh, okay. About uh, There was a, a serial killer who plagued the New York area in the 70s. Uh, he was nicknamed The Son mm-hmm. of Sam. Uh, and this guy, the, the the documentary is basically about. I think there's more than one guy. I think there's actually like this huge satanic conspiracy, and it sort of follows this guy. But Geraldo Rivera, you sort of see a younger version of him. He was like this young go-getting newsman in New York in the seventies, and uh, somewhere along the line, he I won't say he sold out, but he became more of a tabloid kind of guy in the yeah, vein a smart, of a smart reporter, or yeah, in the vein of like Jerry Springer and that kind of thing. You know, he still had. Legit journalistic credentials and things like that, but he did. He did what you to, he did. What you have to do if you want to put money in your pockets. I think so. I think he sold out essentially. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which so is fine. Yeah, <laughs> hey, no worries at all. I mean, whatever gets you through the night, man. Uh, but I think he did have his own sort of talk show. Yeah, that reported on the issues of the day, but a sort of a pre-Oprah kind of thing as well. Okay. Yeah, 
Um, and yeah, I think this is, <laughs> he probably would be the kind of guy who would have like a 400 pound child on. <laughs> I remember, um, do you remember the show Maury Povich? Povich? Yeah, he's a bit Maury as you well. You yeah. are not the father. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I always feel so sorry for the kids. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah terrible. But then we cut to hilarious ending. Kathy Lee in bed with Chef. He got his wish after all. <laughs> Indeed. And and he got his wish and then some because, you know, he just gave her good love and five minutes ago. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Weight Game 4000, just as funny as I remembered it. I All I could really remember was the fact that it had Kathy Lee in it and that Cartman just gets really fat. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... There's just from start to finish that the first conversation I'll admit I was just kind of like eh let's move on this is whatever after that first conversation about the rainbow it was just fucking balls to the wall so much happening so funny I loved the Mr Garrison story I loved the Cartman's just not giving a shit about what anyone thinks mm-hmm. attitude and yeah it's just and, and they all sort of tied in well at the end as well that's what that was what was cool about it you had the chef story the Garrison story and the kids story the Wendy angle with Cartman and everything, plus Cartman putting on weight, it all tied in well. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was great writing. Yeah, I think it showed that uh, that Parker and Stone could create a, I won't say stereotypical, maybe to like a typical sitcom in terms of like A story, mm-hmm. B story, interweaving storylines, all that kind of thing, but with their own particular voice and style, you know, with um, the swearing little kids and the, sort of not a moral attitude but you know sort of loose morals of the town and that kind of thing uh yeah it's it's uh it it shows that um they were they came to play yeah and much like the simpsons did i think maybe even more so than the simpsons it feels like they've created a universe already in two episodes it's not just the four kids there's an entire town here we've had mr garrison we have the chef we have the officer we've had the mayor We've had Cartman's mum. We've like we've had we've we've nowhere near touched on all the characters that we would eventually see, but still, it feels like we're watching not just a show about four kids. Yeah, well, the, the design of the opening credits is no is no accident. I mean, it's very uh, similar That's to true. The Simpsons in that regard. Of like you're travelling through this town, and all these characters are drifting in and out of frame. You're seeing mm-hmm. shops with various names. You're seeing yeah, all manner of things that that uh, yeah. If you're hooked, it's going to make you want to, or if, even if you're slightly intrigued, it's going to make you want to go, hmm, wonder what that actually means. I wonder how that ties into the story. And you'll stick around and, uh, yeah, eventually you'll find out. All right, it's now time for the Weight Game 4000 mailbag. If you want to send in your questions, just go send them to southparkmailbag at gmail.com, southparkmailbag at gmail.com. And the first question here comes from Noah Daniel. He says, what food could you eat constantly and not get sick of if you had to bulk up? And David Abbott-Smith's commented there saying two-minute noodles. <laughs> Man, I haven't had a good pack. I haven't had a pack of two-minute noodles for a long time. I used to love two-minute noodles when I was younger. I had some the other night. and But, yeah. but I'll tell you what, I'm very disappointed. And if anyone out there from Maggi is listening, they've got their, you know, your basic two-minute noodles. And then you've got your slightly fancier Fusion? 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 Which are also quite nice, but they used to have one that was a little a, a, a tear up from that, and this was like a you, you can make like a nice Korean beef noodle soup, and I I finished my last one the other night. I don't think they sell them any. I think they might have discontinued them. I was actually online looking around saying, "NQR Maggi noodles," you know, because I 
Like I really miss those. I mean, I could probably make my own from scratch. I, I really, I really miss them. I, I really do. <laughs> they were they were awfully tasty. So, <laughs> so, so what were they called again? The what were they? Uh, they were the fusion ones. I think it was Korean beef yep. was the flavour. Korean beef. So, any listeners out there, if you have any in your pantry, yeah. send them our way. Please do. <laughs> they came in like an, a slightly fancier sort of uh, uh, plastic wrap as well. It was still plastic wrap, but just slightly yeah. fancier. Are you are you a seasoning? Before or after water? Uh, after. Yeah, so I drain them and then chuck the seasoning in. The yeah, end. absolutely. I've got. I used to have a friend. I used to have friends that would chuck the seasoning in with the water. I was like, No, you're mad. No, that's not what you do. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that is a mistake. No, sir. Your, your, your friends are wrong. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. So foods that we would bulk up on. I have mentioned KFC tenders before. I would love to just eat shitloads of that. Nicholas Rosotto. I mean, I love Nicholas Rosotto. I could. My mum's roast beef. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I don't know, but if you can treat yourself, mm, I don't know. What, what about you? I, I like a thick base chicken pizza for me. I love that. Mm, I think I'd probably just have to go with plain McDonald's cheeseburgers minus the pickle. A quarter pounder is my Macca's burger of choice, but if I double, I, I eat quarter or double pounder? Not uh, double quarter pounder, just a standard. Or oh, a, just a standard. I mean, I, I did have a double quarter standard, pounder yeah. a little while ago. I was like, I think this is a sometimes food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although McDonald's is actually a sometimes food, <laughs> but the the double quarter pounder is a sometimes sometimes food. Uh, but if you were in a real hurry to sort of bulk up, um, a Macca's cheeseburger, just a you know a little one. I mean, if you're diligent, you can probably polish it off in like three bites. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. So you get a nice, especially especially if you like rip it in half before you do, just sort of like hop, hop, yeah, in. yeah. I don't know if this is an urban legend, but uh, you're aware of um, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, right? I'm well aware. I've seen him live. Yeah. Oh, apparently, you know, there, he was. He had that stage in either the I think it was the '80s where he was kind of under the sway of this psychiatrist, psychologist slash quack, and this guy sort of had him writing songs, and and Wilson was sort of bulking up at this time, and to basically bribe him into writing a new song. He would just get bags of Macca's cheeseburgers and, you know, any time that Wilson finished a new song, he threw him a cheeseburger. <laughs> I don't know how much... Really? I don't know how much validity is, there is to that story, but I remember hearing that and saying, and well, and thinking, that's sort of... That's barbaric and wrong, but also quite effective. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I would, it would work on me. Indeed. Yes. But I think Macca's cheeseburgers would be the one if I wanted to, you know, bulk up even more than I am now, which I don't want to do. Uh... The other sort of celebrity bulk-up story I heard that was actually really funny was um, mm. there was a movie called The Lovely Bones that uh, Lord of the Rings okay. uh, director Peter Jackson made back in the mid-2000s. Okay. And Ryan Gosling was uh, originally cast as like the leading man or the, and he was, he was playing this grieving father who's lost his daughter. And Gosling yep. had the idea, it's like, well, I think this guy should kind of be a bit schlubby and a bit out of shape. Gosling, you know, is usually pretty well put together. What he did was he would um, melt Haagen-Dazs ice cream and drink it like a milkshake. Oh, wow. And he put okay. on something like 30 kilos. <laughs> and, and then he came to New Zealand. 30 kilos? Yeah, he put on something like 60 pounds, which I think is like close to 30 kilos. Yeah, 25, 30 yeah. kilos, I think, yeah. He came down to New Zealand to film the movie with Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson looked at him and said, that's not what I want at all, and fired him. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Oh man! Look, there's probably you think you, there's probably you, you'd more. You think that you would clarify? You, yeah. You'd send progress photos. Right? There's probably more to the story than that. Maybe they had creative difference or something along those lines. But yeah, the general line of thinking is that yeah, God damn, that's that's a big, a big badass. badass. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> I heard Ryan Gosling from Crazy Stupid Love. Not you, you fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, next next question here comes from uh, Alex Jones. Hmm. They say this is more of a general South Park question that, and, as opposed to an episode-specific one. Uh, but Alex says, do you prefer the wacky plots of the older episodes of the more topical current affair satire? Oh, it's, oh, oh, I know, he's meant to say, or. Oh. Okay, so the wacky plots of the older episodes or the more topical current affair satire it's largely involved into now. Uh, look, speaking for myself, I think I prefer the political ones, actually, the political and sort of social hot-button uh, episodes. You prefer the new ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah because but it's, I, I, don't, I don't feel like the newer ones have as much rewatch value, though, as the original. I think they're very much of their time, so you, I think you have to, you're yeah. going to have to wait a few years uh, and then sort of revisit it as a bit of a time capsule of the, even, of the year that, they were made. Even that, though, it's just like, what was funny in 2014, like, I mean... Watching someone take the piss out of Paris Hilton now, is it as funny as what it used to be? I don't know. Mm, true. I, I, it can be an interesting stroll down memory lane in some regards. I think I think you probably have to wait about 10, 15 years, though. And then, you know, you can revisit and go, oh, that's right. You know, I mean, it, it gives you a real indication of what we were thinking, feeling, doing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I'm saying now, I think I prefer the the political and social ones because I think Parker and Stone okay. are, as we said earlier, I think they I think they're like shit stirrers, and I think issues of the day really give them opportunity to let them rip, and I don't think they're sort of one side of the political divide. I think they're very much everyone's ridiculous, and issues like this give them an opportunity to sort of poke fun at just about everything. Well, they managed to create an entity where people it just got to the point where people just went. Ah, it doesn't matter. It's just South Park. Mm. They could literally get away with anything they want now. I mean, not everything. There was at one time where they what, what did they have to censor out? Muhammad. Now we're now we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so they had to censor that out. They maybe crossed the line there, I guess. Even then, with the Muhammad stuff, they were able to take that and turn it into a commentary on how ridiculous is this. Mm. While sort of yeah, yeah, yeah while operating within the boundaries of what they felt compelled to do or what they were forced to do, I, f- I find that really interesting. Uh, final question here: Brian D. McCoy says, "Have you ever won any school contests?" Yes, I won by default by dubbing in my mate's best, <laughs> my best mate's sister. <laughs> any others? I used to always win the. Did you ever do the MS Walkathon? Was that a thing when you were in school? We did walkathons, absolutely. Yeah, I used to always win first prize in MS Walkathon fundraisers mm. and it used to always be things like a bike or whatever wow. because my dad like I've said my dad was a supervisor at Candy Footwear he would take my form to work walk around the entire factory <laughs> and every worker would chip in a few dollars and then I would always win like he'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd come back every time with like three four hundred bucks every time and I'm like well I've won this bike it's mine what a dude <laughs> what a dude um look I'm still holding on to the uh, 100% I got in a spelling test in grade three Cool. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty happy about that. Uh, and also won an essay prize in year 11, which I was quite stoked about. You know, got to get up in front of the school and receive my little uh, award. And yeah, that's me. And, um, yeah. You always feel you always feel a lot smarter when it's an English uh, essay or something that you got like a perfect score. That's in, true. You know? Math is just like, yeah, yeah, it's math, whatever. But English is like, yes, that's right. I have created this. I, I'm, yes. yes. <laughs> 
So that is our review of Weight Gain 4000. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a great chance for us to go back and revisit it, and I'm glad that we did because it was a hell of a lot of fun. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode, or next episode, I should say, we're going to be reviewing Volcano, another great episode. We introduced some new characters to the show that I can't wait to actually get stuck into and review as well and discuss. Don't forget, guys, to rate and review us on the iTunes store. Give us five stars and leave a few comments what you love about the show. And if you've got a few questions to send in or just a comment about the show, whatever you like, if you just want to get in contact with us, it is southparkmailbag at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to each and every one of you. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our amazing listeners out there? Follow your podcast dreams. You can reach your podcast girls. Daniel and I are living proof. Beefcake. Beefcake!